Hi guys, welcome back. This is the fifth episode of This Is Not News. I'm your host, Jai, and today on the episode we have Needs No Sleep. Now, Needs No Sleep is a producer and DJ based in Melbourne. Uh, I hadn't actually spoken to him in a while, but this was a really great episode. Great to get his perspective on things and really great to sort of talk to another producer about how we can maybe get into routines and really sort of make the most out of this time we have now. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and any producers out there, I hope you get something from it. All right, let's just jump right into this one, guys. Sweet. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Um, like I said, uh, we've done this intro already, but <laughs> technical difficulties. Um, but yeah, cheers for coming on. And um, No worries, mate. I, um, I was happy to make the effort to make this work. So I think uh, I'm the type of person that I'm happy to put in the extra effort and the extra time to get the better product. I would hate for us to have been doing it before on uh, on terrible internet and then it just cut out as we're getting into a good talk. So I literally pulled the mic out of my studio, brought it in here and I was like, all right, let's get it happening. Yeah, yeah, sweet. So where, where are we then? Where, where we, are in, we are in mum's study actually. So this, yeah. is our, this is where the router for our internet is. Um, and yeah, the speeds in here are like 80 megabyte download, 40 upload. So pretty Way good. Better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sweet. Well, it's good having not uh, real good internet down in the studio anyway. Sometimes lock yourself in there and um, get work done, eh? Yeah, well, I find I, I don't really have many distractions, man. Like once I'm in the studio getting something going, then phones aside, browser tabs are closed. Like I'm pretty locked in and focused. So, yep. yeah. So, how's, um, first of all, let's start off. Uh, tell everyone who you are, where you are, and, um, you know, what you do. Uh, I'm Needs No Sleep. I'm from Melbourne. Uh, I write tech house music. Um, and yeah, it's my passion writing music. I like to write music that people want, that DJs want to play out in the clubs. Like that's my goal when I'm writing something is I'm thinking, is this something that people are going to want to play out in the clubs? Um, and yeah, that's, that's the goal I have in mind when I'm writing music. Yeah, yeah, cool. And so down in Melbourne, I think um, uh, you're probably the first person I've spoken to now in Melbourne for this show. So um, at the moment, what's going on down in Melbourne? Because you guys, um, you know, you have had some restrictions and stuff put on pretty early. But um, has life changed for you much down in Melbourne at the moment? Yeah, well, I think um, it's the same with everyone across the country. I mean, the whole world's going through this COVID-19 pandemic at the moment. But yeah, all the clubs have been closed, which means cancellation of some gigs and that um yeah so it's unfortunate but you know hopefully everyone does the right thing and we get through this sooner than later and then we can get the clubs back open yes there have been many um announcements of clubs like there's been a couple up here that have like shot they're like oh we're just gonna call it quits um has there been anything down in melbourne that you've heard of that they're just sort of like we don't think we can last this I haven't seen too many people making statuses saying it's a permanent closure. I've seen lots of people say, unfortunately, we have to close the doors for a bit and wait it out. And I hope that's the same with most clubs. You know, I'd hate for anyone to have to lose all the effort they've put into making a brand and making a club because of something that was out of their control. So hopefully it is just a bit of a hibernation, but hopefully we can get through it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's the word I've been using, hibernation. I reckon that's the best word to uh, describe a lot of what's going on at the moment. So, um, yeah. yeah, sweet. Well, yeah, it sounds pretty similar to, to what's happening up here and pretty much everyone around Australia that I've spoken to. So, um, And just to add to that as well is something that people might not realise is not only have some gigs been cancelled, but I've actually had to delay some music because obviously if there's no clubs open, then there's no club chart happening. And when yeah. I release on a label in Australia, the goal you want is to have it try and do well on the club chart. Um, and just to fill people in who's not aware of it, the RA club chart um, is the top 50 records uh, for the week that were the biggest in the clubs. 
So unlike Beatport um, Top 100 or Top 10, where that's driven by people buying the track, the ARIA Club Chart Top 50 is actually kind of peer composed. So you have to be an ARIA registered DJ and then each week you submit your top 20 tracks for the week and from those top 20 tracks they compile it all together and then make the ARIA Club Chart Top 50. So that's why with having to delay some tracks, um, if there's no clubs open, there's no club yeah. chart. And yeah, that, that's the main goal when you're releasing on a local label is for, t- for it to do well on the club chart. Yeah, yeah. So you said you've got your, some releases then. So how many releases are we talking? Like, so have you pushed, pushed back a few? Because I know you, you're always pumping out tunes, but, um, but uh, like how many are we talking here? So far, I've only had to push back one. I had one um, ready for mid-April. Um, and that one we've pushed back. We haven't found the date yet, but we had to push it back. The one that will be coming out next after that will be May, and that's actually on Vanilla Ace's label. Um, he's he's a London-based DJ. So as I was saying, with when you're releasing locally, the aim is to do well on the club chart. But when I'm releasing on an overseas label, it's more about exposure than it is doing well on the club chart back home. So yeah. So because that's Vanilla Ace's label and he's got a bit of a following, we're still happy to put that one out in May. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, like, I've spoken to a few people and they, they don't really know what the right answer is for um, release schedules and stuff anymore. Everyone's sort of like, well, like, when do we release stuff now? Like, is there any... Are, are you saying in general before, pre, like, pre-COVID-19 times? Are you no, talking... in, this, in these oh, times, in this time, I think. Yeah, because yeah, everyone's like, and I'm not talking specifically about, like, people trying to go for club charts. Like, I, I talked to a mate uh, who does sort of pop music and that kind of stuff, and he's sort of just like... Well, like when is the right time to release music? It, it also, you kind of, it's a bit hard to be pumping a track and being, and being excited to promote it when the whole world is going through this. You know, it's a bit self-absorbed yeah. or self-obsessed to be like, hey, everyone, look at my new release yeah. when so much of the world is suffering because of this crisis. So it feels a bit funny to do that. Um, luckily, my last release came out, it got released on Spotify on that March 6th, but it had been on promo a couple of weeks before that. So I luckily got that one in just before, you know, the bulk of this pandemic happened. Um, but yeah, I can imagine if you're releasing one or if you had one released last week or whatever, it would be a bit of an interesting time to yeah. try to be promote something. Especially like dance music, you know, because like you said, there's nowhere to really play it. Exactly. Like obviously, yeah. live streams and stuff, uh, like everyone's doing that at the moment, but um, it's not quite the same, you know, as, as pumping it out for, for a club and stuff like that. Um, cause you, you know, you want those, the support by the bigger DJs and stuff and, and the people playing in the clubs. Um, whereas now what I've been saying is that it's like, you know, this pandemic sort of like the great equalizer. It's like, everyone's a bedroom DJ now. Yeah. There's no more. <laughs> I've seen lots really of, any... I've seen lots of memes relating to that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. There's not really any more club DJs. So it's, uh, it's all really, um, it's really interesting times to see you know, how you figure that out, how, how you navigate that. Um... The main thing at the moment, mate, is I'm just working as if it's usual business, you know, like I'm the type of person that I, especially the last year, I've been really focused with writing music. I've become really self-disciplined and I just um, set goals of how many tracks I want to write and I get it done. So I've still had that same attitude, you know, the last couple of weeks I've I've got a lot of music work done, a couple of remixes, a couple of original tracks. So in that regard, I've still just kept going forward like nothing's happened. But yes, when it's going to come to the release schedules, it's still a bit unprecedented times. Definitely. Yeah, that's it. 
It's interesting because I remember when I met you, I can't remember what the gig was called. You were up in Brisbane. It was that day party. Yeah. Um, it was new, new Wave, was it? New Wave? Is that what it was called? I can't I remember so. the name yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was a really it was a cool party. Um, I think a heap of guys from down south came up. It was I think it was co-hosted by um, a group down there. So, um, But, yeah, when you came up, I remember you um, You said, oh, I'm more of a producer than a, than a DJ. Um, that's how you sort of – what you said about yourself when you, talk, like, when you said that to me. Um, why do you say that? Is that because you started in production or is it just, no, it's, it's actually the opposite. I started off DJing house parties and everything, um, because I just fell in love with dance music. You know, this is back in 2012. And so I did a lot of house parties, um, going through high school and I started to DJ clubs, um, when I turned 18. But the reason I like to introduce myself as a producer is I, as, as that's what that's how I like to introduce myself is I'm hey I'm knees no sleep I write this sort of music not hey I'm a DJ because yeah. it's such a cliche term that people throw around it's it's you know every man second man and his dog says they're a DJ so I, I like to just kind of separate myself as oh I'm I put a lot of effort into producing and, and that's why I introduce myself as a producer um, but I, I think as well is I haven't always had this same work ethic it's only been these last two years that I've just sort of flipped a switch in my brain of you know this is what I want to do and I want to be the best at it and I've just really committed myself and been disciplined to try and achieve some goals because before that yeah I was dabbling around and I was still producing music but not to the level or the schedule that I am now like from 2012 to maybe 2016, I was putting out one track every three months or one track out every four months. And it was just enough to get by. And, and I was playing a lot of gigs and stuff, but I wasn't putting out as much music. And then when I started this Needs No Sleep project, I'm like, hey, I want it to be all about the music and I want people to like the brand for the music that I write. Um, and we actually started off the alias with it not being um, evident or not being obvious who I was. A lot yep. of the first press picks and that we had, I was covering my face purely because I wanted people to like the music first and then maybe find out who was behind it. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, cool. I like that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, so, yeah. I, I, so that's why I introduced myself as producers is I just want people to like the music first. I don't want to have any – and maybe this is a, a – to a negative effect but I don't want people to like the personality or whatever behind it I genuinely want them just to like the music first and then yeah. maybe they can get to find out who I am afterwards but I want them to fall in lo love with the music first and then they can find out who I am afterwards instead of the other way around yeah that's it you know the music's more important really or well, that's, that's the main exactly. that, that is the main thing isn't it um mm. yeah when it comes to to being an artist and stuff like that creating music so yeah, it's definitely important. I like that introducing yourself as a producer. Um, yeah. definitely cool. Um, so what's um, have you got? What are your plans then? Because obviously, if you've got less gigs and stuff, is there anything that you've planned that you're like trying to do? Uh, have you have you thought about jumping on the sort of live stream stuff? Have you done any of that yet? I, haven't, I don't think I've seen any pop up. I haven't yet. done any live streams, but that's the thing with this pandemic is it forces everyone to learn something new or try something new. So yeah. I've actually got a uh, pioneer DJ controller at home so i will be doing some live streams in the coming weeks yeah um the past week and that though I've, I've been busy enough with music work that i haven't needed to do the stream yet but coming coming into the next couple of weeks i'll probably either do a production walkthrough of one of my tracks or and i will also do a dj live stream yeah i think that'd be cool um i'd love yeah. to see a production walkthrough of some of your stuff um i've just been using your sample pack actually because <laughs> um like i said i didn't know you had a sample pack uh yeah. so yeah when i grabbed i've just been playing around with a few samples in there and just uh having a listen so um yeah that'd be cool to see how you sort of you know it's always interesting to see how people like make their tracks sort of get the ideas for things and that because everyone's you know obviously 
pretty different. Yeah. Um, so I think that'd be cool. Um, a cool thing to see. And that's what we, that's what, you know, DJ sets are great, but I kind of feel like everyone's doing that at the moment. Um, yeah. there's heaps of that, uh, which is great sometimes, but yeah, it's just a little bit oversaturated. I reckon, um, there's definitely some, definitely some need for maybe some more production content. I reckon, uh, that's, that's what I'd like to see anyway. And I definitely like to help people. So anytime someone inboxes me and they're like, hey, man, can I ask you a question or whatever? More than happy to reply and help them out because I genuinely like giving people advice or just helping them in any way you can. You know, it doesn't take much effort on my part. But if I can, you know, give someone an extra tip that they're like, oh, I wish I knew that beforehand or whatever. It's like, what? It's like why wouldn't you? You know, if you can help someone and it's not much effort to you, then of course you you should do that. Yeah, yeah want def- to do that. Yeah, definitely. Now, you said that um, it was like two years ago when something sort of you know something clicked in your brain and you really started sort of pushing further um was there anything at the time that sort of happened there that that you can remember that that made you make that change or anything that you did that you know that made you realize that and and made that change happen for you so i've had the needs no sleep project since mid 2016 um before that i was writing edm music under a different alias and then in 2016 and this is going to sound really cliche but in 2016 <laughs> i went on an overseas trip to ibiza yeah and i got to experience how house music and tech house music works over there yeah. and i was just like oh I, I absolutely love this i love the groove i love that it's not so obnoxiously in your face you know the edm pop the edm stuff was getting to the point that it was just so oversaturated and I was a bit sick of it. Like, don't get me wrong, peak 2011 and 10 EDM is amazing, you know? Like, yeah. who doesn't love growing up with the Swedish House Mafia? But it just got to a time that I was a bit over it and all of that. So when I went on this trip to Ibiza, um, I was like, you know what, this is what I actually want to do um, and this is the music I want to produce. And then the decision was to start a new alias instead of trying to rebrand an alias. Um, and I'm definitely glad I made that decision. And if anyone is in the same boat considering that, I would definitely recommend them to start a new alias. One, because you're able to create the narrative, or you're able to control the narrative of the new brand. If you're trying to rebrand something, you're still going to have a lot of people that are confused what you do. They're like, oh, is he doing the old stuff or is he doing the new stuff? Whereas yeah. if you start a whole new um, brand, you're able to control that narrative from the start. And and there's going to be no confusion in what you do because it's a brand new alias. And yes, there's the, the downside of not having the fair followers and fan base that you've spent a long time trying to gather up. But to me, I thought, to me, looking back at it now, I'm glad I made that decision and it was definitely the right decision for me. Yeah, and I think that's probably, like, like you said, like try, starting a new project or a new brand or whatever, so that it, you get that excitement back about it because it's new and fresh and it's probably like help with the motivation and stuff as well. I'm sure the trip would have been awesome though, um, going over there. The, the be- trip was awesome. So sorry. So that was the trip that made me want to start a new alias. And then probably a year into that, I was just learning um, the new way to produce tech house music because anyone who's a producer will obviously understand that it's written, it's written and produced a lot different to EDM stuff is EDM stuff is slammed a lot harder um, into limiters and over compressed and that. Whereas tech house stuff is like fat, but it's a pH fat. It's a sort of round <laughs> fat. That's not so obnoxiously in your face. So I had to learn the techniques and learn the skills of how to produce that style. So that first year was that and sort of becoming acquainted and accustomed with this new production style and then you know talk of 2000 end of 2018 and all of last year and now the start of this year is where I've just been full steam ahead just writing a lot of music um, last year I put out like 10 or 11 originals in the year and did 10 and did 11 or 12 remixes like it's it's a big work ethic 
Yeah, that's good, man. And is yeah. that, do you think it helps having a studio? Because, like, obviously when we were testing out audio and stuff before, you, you've got your studio at your house then. Do you think yeah. that's a is that a is that a good thing to have it at your house or you know what how, what do you reckon? Some people always like to say, I mean, I really enjoy going to my studio, which is not at the house, um, just because it sort of feels like you're going to work kind of thing almost. Um, but what's your take on that? Do you do you like it at the house so you can just sort of write whenever, or what's what do you it, reckon there? It's funny that you say that because I completely think of that sometimes as well. I'm like, it would be nice to have a studio to go to that it feels like you're going to a real job or something because sometimes when it's at home, um, you know, it feels like you're just going into the next room or whatever, but there's definitely pros and cons to it. The pro is that I can work anytime I want to with yeah. a little effort in travel, you know. Um, sometimes I might feel like getting up really early and starting, or sometimes I might want to start later in the day, but the pro is definitely being able to work anytime. Um, it's, it's not a con. You just have to become disciplined enough to force yourself to go in there. Sometimes people can become lazy because it's at home and they fall out of a routine, but I think it's just about becoming self-disciplined and forming a routine with yourself, um, and just making the effort to get in there. So I, I enjoy having the home studio. I think it's a, a great thing to be honest. I've, I've put a lot of effort into sound treating it. Um, you know, I've got some acoustic panels on the walls and I actually yeah. built some bass traps myself. So I've got a pretty well treated room. Um, and that's, that's one of the benefits and one of the reasons why I'm able to get my mix down sounding so good is because I've got a really good room to mix in. Um, so I definitely consider that a huge, a huge positive. Yeah, it's definitely, that's definitely something it's always, and, and it's even good to, you know, even not for just mix downs, but when you're actually writing to actually, you know, hear what you're doing when you, when you're writing something. Um, yeah. Cause I, I often will write stuff at home, like in my room here and it sounds shocking in here. Um, but then you take it to the studio and it's either, it'll either sound way better in the studio than here or way worse. It's usually way worse. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. I, I, I couldn't imagine writing, n- not writing, not in a studio. Every time I write something, it's in my home studio. So I know how it's going to sound. It would definitely be a bit surprising if you're writing on a laptop or something or headphones and then you think it sounds cool and then you take it to the studio and it doesn't. So yeah. no, I, I really enjoy it, man. If, if I honestly, I had to pick going to a studio or having it at home, I'd still probably pick having it at home because yeah. I'm just able to get so much done, man. And it's the flexibility that really works for me. Yeah, that's it. And it's going to be great now. Like, you know, if you, yeah. <laughs> you can't really go out and stuff, it's yeah. I'm sort of like, oh, it's great. I'm going to have time. Well, I'm still working, but I might have time to, to do more music and more other stuff, but it's like, ah. Oh damn all my like all the sound treatment and stuff and good speakers and everything they're all at the studio um so it's sort of like how far yeah. away is your studio from where you live? uh it's probably only like 15 20 minute drive so it's not it's yeah. not too bad but um you know it just depends on what happens with everything um, yeah it's going on now and you know we're, we're attached to another studio that's probably going to be closed um for a while so it just sort of depends if we can figure out the whole rent situation with the landlords and that um whether they can sort of maybe give us a discount for a bit or something while we're sort of closed. So that's why it's sort of like we might have to sort of close it, semi-close it, sort of tell them that, look, we're not going to operate at all and can we just have like a, you know, discounted rate. So it's all sort of up in the air at the moment. So, um, but I guess if we do have to close, I could just bring my sound treatment home again because, you know, I sort of, we combined sound treatment, me and another mate to, you know, for the studio. So it's got heap of sound treatment in there. Um, and I used to have a little setup in here, um, at my place, but 
yeah, I think I need to figure that out, uh, what's going on there because, you know, we need that studio. <laughs> yeah, definitely, though. Don't get me wrong. Like, in the future, I would love to have my own studio that I've built. You know, like, you see a lot of these uh, studios that these big-name producers have, and don't get me wrong, that would absolutely be a huge goal of mine to have down the track. But for what I've got now and what I'm able to do in it, there's nothing better. I've got a really, really good setup. But, you know, who knows in the future if I'm lucky enough to be able to afford a big studio and just fully pimp it out and everything. Yeah. But, you know, what I've got now, I'll, I'll send you a photo of it later, man. It's a pretty solid set up and i get yeah, a lot sweet. of stuff done so yeah, yeah that's it i think that productivity is probably the more important thing out of than anything you know like get it writing the music and getting it sorted and if you're comfortable in that room like what does it matter you know yeah. <laughs> if it's a, you know if it's just at your house or if it's wherever and it's definitely a time as well that people need to be able to force themselves to get things done because yeah, we're all having to stay at home a lot but that doesn't guarantee that all these producers are going to do a lot of work you know you have to develop that self-discipline and don't get me wrong I'm not trying to sit here and preach to people of how self-disciplined I am I used to be a very undisciplined person but I've sort of learned this skill and and um and grown this talent that I can I can sit in a studio and get a lot of work done so I hope like anyone that's sitting at home um over this you know sort of quarantine time will force themselves to get in there and either learn up up skill and um learn some new talents or just get some work done yeah yeah is there any advice you've got for people then maybe to, uh, to try and develop that, um, you know, that routine or, or whatever it is? is? That sounds like something you were saying, like a routine is sort of something that helps you. Is anything else that you can, you know, maybe give some advice to anyone who's maybe not had the time to just sit down now and now that they do, it's like, what do you do to, to make you, yourself? You just got to make it. You just got to make a start, man. Like a yeah. lot of people try and get into music production, hoping that they'll be a, be able to be a world-class producer within six months, you know, and you've got to kind of destroy that um, illusion that that will be able to happen because it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. You know, like I still thought that back when I started, but like here I am seven years later and I'm only just sort of getting to the point where I'm happy with the stuff I'm putting out. So, yeah. but you've got to make a start somewhere. So if you're even thinking about doing it, um, it's, it's worth making the effort and just trying to, trying to learn something new every couple of weeks. Um, just finishing tracks. Like if you start an idea, try and flesh it out. Even if you don't want to release it, it's worth just finishing it so that you've gone, Oh, look what I've done. I actually completed something and I got it done instead of just starting a heap of different project files. Um, and I guess as well is if you're disciplined in other areas of your life, then it will reflect into your music production. Um, I'm also someone who's, who likes physical exercise and training and I've been going to the gym since I was like 18 years old and that's something I've done at least four times a week every week since I was 18 years old and I yeah. guess having that discipline in that area I translated into my music production of being able to you know stick to stick to a schedule of things that need to be done. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it does sound like you've uh, you've got that discipline thing sorted by the sounds but, of it. But I wasn't always, so I don't want to sit yeah. here and preach to people about, yeah, yeah. oh, this is how disciplined you have. You can learn how to be disciplined and just and just get a good work ethic because I was the type of person that didn't used to have that. So if I can do it, then anyone else can do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like what you said about, um, you know, just starting, like sometimes that's what it's like, even like, even when you, you do, you know how to produce and stuff like that. And it's like, like oh, where do I start? And so like, as long as you just start something, like usually ideas will come or you'll go, Oh, I still got to, I got to do this part of the song still, or I got to do, you know, I got to do the, the sound design on that, or I've got to do some EQ on that. And then it sort of just rolls on and you sort of, once you get that roll on, it's sort of, you know, you just keep going and, and you get more ideas and stuff like that. Um, I actually find that usually if I've done a few days consecutively of where I've worked on stuff, I usually like the fourth, fifth day of doing stuff, 
way better ideas, like things just sort of happen like a lot easier for me. Do you find that, I suppose that you're in that routine where you're just constantly doing stuff. So that's probably, you probably just get. No, I completely right. I completely relate to that statement you said. And this is actually what I actually love talking to other music producers uh, about these topics because you say so many things that I relate to because (laughs) even now I'm the type of person that getting in the studio and even just starting something can be a bit daunting sometimes and be a bit scary. And if you start off on a rocky start, you're like, Oh, do I even know what I'm doing? Am I even good? (laughs) We all still have that sort of fear of, of being not good enough or not knowing what to do, but it's just starting something and then pushing on through. And then the amount of times that some of the best stuff I've made has been because I've stuck through it and, and like you're saying on the fourth day, like you have a couple of days and you're like, oh, this is okay. The next day, this is okay. But on that third day or fourth day, you're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever written. Yeah. But that was, only be, that was only possible because you had those two previous days putting in the effort and putting in the work there. But that sentence you said is completely relatable, man, is I still sometimes feel, oh, I'm, I'm not that good. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, um, even when I, I really do know what I'm doing, but that's just how, how it, that's how you feel being a music producer is you're always very self-critical of yourself and um, and very unsure, but yeah, you just got to get over that fear and just make the start and, and you'll find it does a lot more for you than not making the start and sitting on the couch. Then what have you got to show for it? So, yeah. And yeah. I think the other thing is like, you know, cause you're always in this, well, usually you're in the studio by yourself. So it's like, you don't have, it's not like DJing where you've got feedback, you know, where, you know, you've got someone or the crowd going, Oh, that's cool. That's really awesome. And dancing and stuff like that. Like you can read the crowd and judge if what you're doing is any good, really. Whereas yeah. You're in the studio, you're by yourself and you're like, I think it sounds good. <laughs> it's a dope baseline. Like, and then, yeah. Or you've no, you, to it. You, like, you're completely right there. And that's why it's good to have a good group of producer friends, probably 50, 50, have a 50% producer friends that can go, Oh yeah, that's pretty cool, man. I like that. And then 50% just punter friends who just like dance music, but don't understand the technical side of it because then they'll tell you from um, their own personal like vibe where they're like, Oh yeah, I really enjoy this. I'll dance to this or nah, it doesn't get me dancing. Whereas the producers will be like, Oh yeah, that's technically done well. And that technically sounds right. But then it's cool to get the opinion from your punter friends that are just like, yeah, they'd go well in the clubs or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it it is funny because sometimes some things I've written, I've gone, Oh yeah, this is okay. And then I'll send it to a couple of friends in the industry and they'll be like, mate, this is the best thing you've ever sent me or whatever. And then that makes me actually like the track a bit more because someone's told me they really, really like it. I started off going, Oh yeah, this is okay. And then maybe a DJ that I've sent it to that I actually really respect goes, mate, this is the best thing you've sent me. And then I'm like, Oh, maybe it is actually pretty good. And and it's kind of funny how that works sometimes, but it's all mind games in the studio, man. It really is a lot of the stuff. You just got to, yeah. Get, yeah. get, get, remove yourself as an obstacle and, and you'll be able to get a lot of stuff done. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Is there anything uh, that you like talking about starting with stuff? Is there anything that you, um, you like starting with when you're writing music? Like, do you always start with the same thing? Like, like the same thing, like a bass line or kicks and stuff or, or drums, or do you get try melody or what's, what's, what's your approach? I would probably have to say 80% of the time I would get a cool drum beat going and then I would just loop that drum beat. And then once I I really like the groove of the drum beat by itself, I'll get my MIDI keyboard out and then I'll start playing some bass lines into it. And then it usually just comes from there. Yeah, uh, I, I would probably say 80% of the tracks I've written have started with a kick, a drum loop, and then I play in the bass line. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a big bass line guy. That's yeah. what I like. You know, that's what gets you moving in the club. So I like to make sure that I've got a good groove going with that. Um, and then probably the other 20% of the time, maybe I've played a melody first and then I built some drums around it. But the majority of the time I would definitely create a drum loop, um, and then start playing a bass line into it. 
Yeah, that's that's probably the same with me. But I think I think I'm going to try start doing some other things as well, like you know, experimenting with a bit more of that like melody first, and and pa- well, starting with pads or like something random like that. Um, just if I've got more time at the moment, and because I'm in my home studio here, it's like the low end's really like hard to work with because it's like you know you can't really hear what you're doing because of all the, um, you know, my room is just not designed for um for low end, so. Um, I think that's what I'm going to try and it, sort of it, experiment with a bit. It probably also depends what type of genre of music you're working or writing. If Definitely. you're writing some pop stuff, probably not going to start with the drums first. Probably going to start with a catchy lead or a catchy melody or something. Yeah. But for the tech house stuff that I'm writing, where it is groove orientated and groove driven, you're probably going to start off with a drum loop that makes you want to dance even without a baseline playing. So I yeah. guess I'd just add that little um tad bit of information there is it yeah. depends what type of genre of music you're writing first yeah that's definitely definitely super important man um so you said you've got a release that you've pushed back that's probably sometime in april going to come out um and then one in may uh any remixes you've got you said you sort of pumped out a few remixes last year you got anything um you don't have to tell us who for or if no that's like okay that, I, can, or... I can tell you who it's for yep. um i do have a couple of remixes i've got one for vanilla aces label that yep. will be coming out in may um, I've done one for Crude, the Australian producer, mm-hmm. um, that will be coming out um, in July, I think, or whatever. That was a cool remix I did for him. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a couple of remixes to do, which is what I'll probably be occupied with this week. Yeah. But those are the two ones that I finished and I've got the master for then. Um, I've got that original release in May on Vanilla Aces label. And then after that, I'll be doing another release on Asterix um, in about June, June, mid-June promo, early July release. Um, yep. And then I'll also have a Be Rich release after that one. So those are the next three that are locked in. Um, and then, of course, I've got some tracks that I finished and then maybe in the um, maybe in talks with some labels of to potentially release it down the track. But I'm always, I like to always be, have some music up my sleeve. I never like to be fully out. I like to be sitting yeah. on at least three tracks ready to go or whatever and at least be three months ahead of where I need to be. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just have some in the bank. That's always nice, isn't it? Another thing I actually started, though, since this quarantine um, started is I've done a bootleg of a really well-known track. I won't drop the name of it yet, but as soon as I've finished it and I'm, I'm going to master it, then I'll actually send it to you and I'm um, yes, looking sweet. to do a release just to give out to DJs to play, man. Like, it's a pretty yeah. well-known um, song and I'd made a cool dance bootleg of it. So bootleg for anyone not in the know is like an unofficial remix. So basically I did a remix of this track, but it's called a bootleg because it's unofficial just for yeah. anyone not familiar with the terms. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I'm keen to figure it uh, out. Well, I'll send I'm it keen- to you after. I'll send yeah, it to yeah. you after anyway, but yeah, I just yeah. don't, don't want to announce it, it just yet until yeah, I've yeah, finished good. it. Yeah. Do a proper release for it and yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, now I know uh, obviously we've connected over a bit of UFC talk as well. Um, We've even talked about doing a bit of a live stream one time and sort of talking about an upcoming card or something. Um, so maybe this is a, a cool time to maybe talk a little bit about that. And it's a bit unknown at the moment if the old Khabib Ferguson uh, fight's going to go on. Um, I think I saw recently that they're going to try do it in like an Indian reservation uh, somewhere over in the States. Um, what's uh, what's your thoughts on uh well, the latest, so I stay very up to date with all this news. Apart yeah. from music, MMA and UFC is probably my next big passion. You know, like yeah. I love, I love to watch it. Um, I love just seeing athletes train the hardest and be, and see who is the best competitor, you know, like anyone who's yeah. not familiar with MMA, we don't watch it because we enjoy the violence. We watch it because we enjoy 
to see how hard someone can train and then where they can put that training and their technique and their skills to use. You know, that's what I really enjoy about watching it. But um, to go back to Tony and Khabib, the latest I've heard, Dana has said that it's 100% happening. He says he's 99.9% locked in the venue and he says it's <laughs> probably not going to be in the United States. Yeah. So me, my thinking then is it's probably going to be in Saudi Arabia or the UAE or, or one of those um, countries. Yeah. Uh, but he said it's probably not going to be in the United States. And it's a bit weird because, I mean, I'm happy this fight's still going ahead, but it's just going to be so weird not having people in the audience for such a big fight. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, this is the biggest lightweight fight in UFC history. You know, this yeah. is the most anticipated fight. This is absolutely massive. So the fact that the build-up to, to it is going to be a little bit derailed and then there's going to be no fans in the audience... I would absolutely love to be able to just hear the crowd beat going nuts watching these two guys walk into the octagon. So, I mean, it's going to be completely different. And the flip side is this is the fifth time they've tried to make yeah. this fight and a global pandemic decides to break out and almost derail this fight as well. So you, you would almost think that this fight is cursed if this is the fifth time they've tried to make it. Yeah. And it's almost this close to not going ahead at, because of something out of their controls. It's not even a fighter yeah. injured. It's something completely out of their control. Um, but it's definitely the most anticipated and, and the most important fight in lightweight UFC history, without a doubt. Yeah. So so who you got then? What do you reckon is going to happen? I'm just happy to be able to hopefully <laughs> watch the fight, man. I'm not going to yeah. try and pick a side. I could make cases for both fighters. I yeah. could say Khabib is undefeated for a reason because he is just such a phenomenal grappler. The amazing thing with Khabib is that everyone knows what he's going to do. He doesn't come into that octagon with any new tricks up his sleeve, any new talents. He goes in there and does the exact same thing he's done in all the previous fights, but nobody can stop it because he is that good. And that is an amazing thing to be able to do that you're not coming in there with anything new, but people still cannot stop. They know what he's going to bring in there and they still cannot stop him. That would be my case for for him winning is because, you know, many people have tried before and no one has been able to stop it. The case for Tony Ferguson is he embraces that sort of challenge. You know, he's amazing off his back. He was getting dominated by Kevin. He was getting pieced up by Kevin Lee in the fight against him. And then he he flicks up a triangle at the last moment and chokes out Kevin Lee. So he's able to threaten submissions off his back, which could put Khabib in a bit of trouble or at least make Khabib think twice before entering his guard or even going to the ground with him. He's also a great striker. He's got very good elbows that he might be able to slice Khabib up. Um, And he's a phenomenal wrestler. You know, don't get me... uh, I'm not sure on the exact specifics, but he was like a two-time NCAA wrestler or whatever, whatever the the collegiate thing over there is. But he's a very accredited wrestler. Um, and I think he'll be able to do well against Khabib. He, his gas tank is phenomenal. He can go fight. He, the yeah. later the rounds go on, the more energy he seems to have. Yeah, First round, he goes okay. Second round, he goes okay. Third, fourth, and fifth, he really starts to put it on. And that's when he like mentally breaks his opponent opponents. So we'll get to see how Khabib goes against someone like that. But um, yeah, man. Like I said, I could make cases for either fighter. I'm just hope I'm just happy to hopefully be able to watch it and enjoy what will be a huge part of UFC history. Yeah, I think that'll be. It's going to be interesting to see as well, like what how that does in terms of like you know pay per view numbers or whatever. Because there's no sport anywhere at the moment. Like pretty much all sports are are off. Um, there's not really anything uh, happening. So it's going to be. I think that'll be interesting to see how many people are going to you know, pay for that pay for pay-per-view. Um, 
it's such a big fight, you know. Um, I'll de- I'll definitely pay for it. I usually yeah. go and watch. I usually go and watch the um, UFC cards down at the local pub with yeah. a couple of mates because That's- I like the inv- I like the environment there. There's there's other yeah. like minded people there, so there's a bit of an atmosphere, and it's nice to just ha- have a pub meal while you're watching the fights. But obviously, with that not being an option for this next one, I'll happily buy the pay per view at home and support it that way. So you know, the numbers could op- could be better because everyone will be having to buy it at home. Um, who knows? Yeah. And, and also because, you know, like I said, there's nothing else on, like no one's had any sports to watch for ages and they're probably like, Oh, well, yeah, let's get that and watch it. And like what you said, you can't just go to the pub and watch it. Um, and for everyone out there, he's probably trying to stream shit. You know, it's, it's going to be really hard if you're um, trying to stream stuff illegally and that like people do, cause um, the internet, as we've sort of, you know, found um, it's been a bit slow at times. So uh, yeah, I reckon it's going to be interesting. If, if it does go ahead, um, you know, and there are people who have concerns about the how, you know, is this the appropriate thing to be doing with everything going on? I can understand their reasoning for that, but it would also be a nice distraction for all these people stuck at home to have yeah. something to look forward to and to have something to get them through these tough times and these and these tough weeks. So I can yeah. understand both cases for it, but as long as the UFC puts in the proper precautions and proper safety for the athletes and everyone involved, you know, then hopefully this could be a good thing to people that are stuck at home and still want something exciting in their lives to look forward to. Because I definitely know that I've been looking forward to this for months, man, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just that fight that just everything keeps going wrong for it. Hey, like just yeah. injured knees and not making weight and stuff like that. And oh, it's just been it's been shocking. But yeah, definitely exciting. I think yeah, I think he's uh, like Ferguson's definitely like if anyone is going to be uh, Khabib's uh, kryptonite, it'd have to be Ferguson. You know, like his scrambling, like you know, between transitions and stuff is just like crazy good like some of the stuff and that he can he pull off like yeah exactly and he's comfortable off his back because yeah like it or not Khabib's gonna take you down you know yeah. no matter how good a wrestler you are Khabib will take you down so he so fighting someone who is comfortable to be taken down and comfortable on their back will present an interesting um challenge for Khabib because we saw we saw with Dustin Poirier you know he spent the whole fight just trying to get back up to his he he wasted so much energy trying to get back up to his feet and then Khabib would just take him down again so Tony yeah. might not try to get back, try to get up straight away. He might be happy on his back and happy trying to threaten submissions or even elbows off his back. So, you know, it could go, anything could happen with that. Yeah, that's it. I can't believe they actually had it in, uh, I think it was in New, like in New York originally, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. And in, I was just uh, like, Brooklyn. oh man, that's, that's going to get stopped by the doctor for sure. There's going to be blood, you know, like there's definitely yeah, that, was a, that was a big concern. A lot of people yeah. concerned about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. like, don't put it there. So yeah, interesting to see if it. If what it does what's go ahead. may I ask you? What's your reason that you enjoy MMA? So I've I've said why I like it. What got you yeah. into it? I, I love the strategy. I love. Um, I I really think that what, you know, I I'm a bit of a Joe Rogan fan, as I know you are as well. Um, and I love what how he describes it as it's like um, you know, it's like high level chess with dire consequences. So it's yeah. like it really is strategy, and I love that there's so many different like approaches to it. Like you know, there's. This, it's almost like it reminds me of like RPG games, you know, there's different classes of, of, you know, um, I suppose heroes or whatever you call it in an RPG game. And they've all got like their special abilities and stuff. Well, it's sort of the same thing. It's like, you know, you've got like wrestlers and stuff and then strikers and, and, uh, and then people who do a bit of both and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think it's really, really interesting. And like, I've been watching it for years. Like I, I think I've probably seen every UFC um, since it started, you know, or at least 
I probably wasn't watching when it started back then, but I've gone back and watched all of them yeah. sort of thing. Um, and yeah, like I've never been, uh, I've never trained in any martial arts or anything myself. Um, but you know, I studied sport and exercise science. So I really love technique and strategy and stuff like that, which you learn about in that. So yeah, that's why I've just always loved the strategy of it. Um, and that, you know, there's so many different ways to, to win and to lose. Uh, but yeah, I think that's why I love it. Um, and sometimes you see, the underdog get up, you know, and it's, and it's, it's amazing to see that happen. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think it's just that diversity and you never really know what's going to happen in it. Yeah. I completely agree with you, mate. There's, it's really cool because there are so many different ways to win. And a lot of the time you'll see a matchup and you're like, I don't know who's going to win that because anything could happen, you know? Um, I mean, I still enjoy other things like boxing's cool, but I just like the fact that this is as close to a, as a real life fight as possible. And there are so many different ways to win, you know, is a grappler going to beat a striker or is a jujitsu specialist going to beat a wrestler? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's very interesting. Like that Damien Meyer fight and Ben Askren, everyone's like, Oh, Ben Askren's a better wrestler and he's going to win because yeah. of that. And it's like, yeah, he was, but then look what happened. Damien Meyer's jujitsu was yeah. just able to beat him in that area. Um, so it's, it's definitely cool to watch it for those reasons to just find out you need to have answers to these questions of who's going to win when they match up. Yeah. And it's even like, you know, what you said about, um, Khabib, it's like, everyone knows what he's going to do. Like everyone knows and he's not, he hasn't got any tricks. It's just the same thing, but no one's been able to stop it. Like that's super impressive. And then you have people who do pull out these crazy, you know, like tricks and, you know, or things that people haven't seen before. Um, or, or that's something that's totally new to their game and and sort of puts people off and puts them on the back foot or come in with a, a different game plan or or just a really well thought out game plan um and and that's why they win um because they can stick to that uh, i think yeah it's just it's just so interesting that there's you know it's anything can happen yeah that that's why I, i've always loved it yeah 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 i definitely agree and relate to that man um definitely have you uh, have you trained in anything at all, or do you train any um, any martial yeah, arts? Yeah, I've, I've been doing um, uh, some jiu-jitsu and kickboxing for the last like two years down at um, a gym near mine, yep. XFC in Caram Downs. Um, partly because I just really wanted to under- get a better understanding for martial arts. You know, like yeah. when you're watching it, you can understand a bit, but you can understand a lot more by actually getting in there and practicing yeah, and, and doing yeah, the techniques. So that's been great, man um it's it's really good for your growth as a human i think to do things that kind of a nerve that make you nervous or make you a bit fearful you know like before i went down there the thought of going and training a martial art it was a bit daunting you know like oh yeah i could do it but i'm not sure about it whatever now that i've made the decision i'm like this is the best thing i've ever done yeah you love it um i think and i think voluntarily doing something that's quite a difficult task makes you better as a human being you know like I voluntarily go and do something that's really hard so the when I come out of that I have this, this feeling of like oh if I can do an hour and 45 there I can do anything else you know like music's easy yeah. compared to that because I just yeah. did an hour and 45 of this really physically intense activity um so so it's definitely good for your body physically you know like you stay in shape you can burn a lot of fat burn energy and then it's good for your mind mentally because you're doing a really hard challenge voluntarily and you're getting to see yourself get better at it like that's something really cool um with learning new things is seeing yourself not know anything at the start and then just watching your progression you know like with music i've been doing it for a while now so i'm not seeing I'm still trying to learn new things and that, but I'm not seeing the huge progression that you do in the start because I've already had that happen. So when I'm learning something new, I get to enjoy that feeling of starting from the start and not knowing anything and then slowly progressing a little bit more at it. Um, So I would definitely, I would always recommend to anyone 
considering learning a martial art. I think it's great for you mentally and physically. Um, and yeah, definitely recommend it. Yeah. I like that idea of um, doing stuff that you're not good at and seeing that improvement. Cause it sort of just reminds yourself like how much better you can get at something. And yeah. even with like production, like, you know, you said that, um, you know, you've been doing it for ages now and you don't see those big progressions, but I bet if you look back like a year at what you were doing back then and what you're doing now, you'll actually look back and go, Oh, actually I have made a big improvement, but because it's, it doesn't feel like it because it's those small changes of doing it every day. But when it's, you know, when it's something you're new at and you're going from, like you said, from such a low level to making those big improvements, it's, it's just more noticeable. I think, um, I think cause we've been doing it so long. It's even if you do make those huge improvements, you don't necessarily realize it because you know, you've been doing it for so long. Uh, it's not really new anymore. So yeah, I love that. Um, you know, trying to do new stuff. Like I tried, I did like yoga for a year and a half, you know, for a bit, just trying to do something new. And I was just like, oh man, yoga's like, yoga's crap. Like I'm not, I don't want to do yoga. And then I went and like tried it and I was like, oh, it's actually cool to get better at something. So I'm thinking of doing something like uh, maybe, maybe like drawing or something weird, you know, like I'm terrible at like visual art stuff, but you know, it's like what you said, do something that you're really bad at so that you can, or, or not good at yet so that you can see that improvement. Um, yeah, I love that sort of that mentality. I think that's a, that's a really healthy thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, th- I think you should always try and put yourself uh, regularly outside of your comfort zone yeah. because it's good for your growth as a human, you know, do things that you're not completely comfortable with. Um, and if you do find yourself too comfortable, then put yourself out there, try something new, try yeah. something that you're not familiar with or not comfortable with. I think it's just good for growth as a human being, man. Um, and that's cool that you relate the same. You know, I think, I think those are probably some of the key attributes of people that succeed in things is these type of mindsets that we're talking about. Um, just having an eagerness to try new things, having an open mind to learn new things, not think you're right all the time about stuff and just being open, I think is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a similar attribute that I'm sure you'd find across anyone that's like, doing well in their in their field yeah i think that's you know like willing to try new things and willing to sort of you know improve at new things and even to the point where like i'm starting to learn how to do video and video editing and shooting and stuff which is definitely going to be helpful like for for music and um and you know the whole sort of entertainment stuff but that's something that i had never i always thought oh, i'll never i'll never learn to do that i'll just get someone else to do that stuff like you know if i need that i'll get someone else to do it but now i'm like no, why would I think that? Like, why don't I just learn to do it? So I'm really loving that at the moment. Yeah. That, that's awesome to him. It really is. And I think um, podcasts have a lot to do with people opening their mind to new things. You know, like I love listening to, um, you know, maybe Rogan as an example, when he has guests on. And I just like listening to their story about how things weren't always great for them, but then they, you know, they went through tough times and now they're able to push through and persevere with it and succeed in whatever their field is. Because a lot of the time, like before I was listening to podcasts, you know, you think people have just always had it good on the way up. You, that, yeah. Like they like they never failed before and just everything was a yes to them. But then when you get to actually hear them talk for, you know, an hour or two hours or three hours, you get to hear that, oh no, they actually just persevered with it and they were able to accomplish it. It wasn't that everything was a yes to them. Maybe they did fail a lot of times, but I think just hearing people's stories can be really beneficial to anyone that's listening. And I, and I think podcasts um, deserve a lot of credit for for definitely me. I, I've, I've learned a lot from listening to other people, but you know, I hope other people are open-minded to listen to some stories and some podcasts from people and hopefully they can take that information and that energy and, and apply it in their personal life. 
Yeah, and it's it's something that's so prevalent, like prevalent in music too. You know, yep. we see everyone who's like they seem like they're an overnight success. That all of a sudden they're like got massive tunes and and you know they've come out of nowhere and then like you figure out oh like once you actually get into their backstory or you hear them speak on a podcast or something like that you're like oh they've actually been doing it for like almost 10 years or something Definitely. Um, they didn't become like it wasn't like they started six months ago which is what everyone sort of sees they're like oh they've only just started like where were they before and now they're massive um but it's like oh no they've they've definitely got you know done a lot of work to get there it's not something that's just bang you're there so i think it's important to for people to hear that message as well like especially for music um because it's yeah Everyone's no, no, I definitely agree with that, man. And a lot of people have asked me, and I've had this conversation with people, is I'm never trying to make that just one track that explodes and I become a well-known name. I'm all about the journey of making lots of tracks and slowly getting more followers along the way and slowly getting more people to listen to my stuff. I don't want to just blow it overnight, have this one huge track, and then you've got to live up trying to reach trying to reach that track with every following one. I like having a backlog of catalog so that as people do find out about my artist, about my brand, then they can go back and listen to all the stuff I've done and go, oh, yeah, this guy's been doing it for ages and he's got this music to prove it. So I I definitely agree with you there, man. Um, And, yeah, that's just how I've explained it to people when I've had this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, So back to just just quickly before we get off UFC stuff, uh, any other favorite fighters you've got? Uh, Anyone that you, uh, you you really get behind? In the uh, UFC or MMA, doesn't have to be UFC specific. No, I, I mainly watch the UFC. You know, like um, that is the ultimate fighting championship. Yeah. You know, when <laughs> I'm sure if you're an, a fighter and you want to get into an organization, it's the UFC because all the greatest guys are there. A lot yeah. of these other leagues are good at de- maybe developing talent and then they move on to the UFC. But if you're being completely honest, the UFC is where you want to go if you yeah. want to be the best in the world. Um, I love supporting the Aussie guys. You know, like I, yeah. I, I love Robert Whittaker. Yeah. Um, I think he's a phenomenal fighter. It was tough to see him lose his last fight, but I hope he comes back better than ever. Um, it was awesome to see Volkanovski win last year. Yeah, that's sick. He's a phenomenal fighter. And I knew going into that fight that he was going to win it. Yeah. You know, he, he's, a, he's an absolute tank of a human being. And yeah. I, it, when I saw him beat Chad Mendes, when I saw him beat Aldo, I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's the real deal. And yeah. I honestly thought he was going to win against Holloway. Um, not because Holloway's slipped or because he's fallen off but that's just how that's just how good i think volkanovsky is yeah um so i like i like watching the aussie guys but apart from that man you know like there's no one favorite i just like watching good fights and um and that's the great thing about the ufc is they make the fights that the fans want to see they really do Mm. on any given week you know apart from this coronavirus stuff there's always a good fight there's always good main event on to watch most weekends yeah yeah uh, which is pretty amazing um but but i've only probably been watching the ufc for the last three years or something. So the yeah. thing that I've got to be able to enjoy is I bought or I've subscribed to UFC Fight Pass and I go yeah. back now and there are plenty of fights that I've yeah, missed <laughs> because these are all before I got into it. So anytime like I hear someone mention a good fight or whatever, I've actually got this notepad on my phone where I'll write it down and then yeah. I'll, go, I'll go watch it on Fight Pass later. So that's been pretty cool to watch, to go back and watch some of these fighters. Like I might know their name now, but I might not have known their come up story or whatever. So I go back yeah. and watch the fights. Um, beforehand that i haven't seen which has been pretty pretty fun yeah that's cool man oh that'd be awesome to be able to do yeah i mean do, it's do, great that do you have five pass uh i used to have it i've just yeah. um i just got rid of it recently but i did have it yeah I got it's only 10 bucks a month so i can justify yeah. that man i, yeah, I at yeah. least watch a few fights to justify that man yeah, yeah yeah and even like i used to just i used to even just watch all the prelims and everything as well just have it on um you know and you just just watch it while you're doing something else you know sometimes it's good just to have um have it there sort of to watch and you know if it's not big fights or anything because a lot of those early card fights like 
they'll go the distance and they won't, they may not be super exciting the whole time. So you can sort of just have them there uh, yeah. in the background sort of going on and watching them. So, um, but yeah, no, I, um, I definitely enjoyed having fight pass just to be able to have that. Now it's like, Oh, there's, there's a fight night on, but I can't watch it. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a good, um, good little product and 10 bucks. It's not much really. Yeah. Yeah. And it means you can buy the pay-per-views um, and watch them through that as well. Like, you know, if you, if you don't have Foxtel or, or whatever it is. So, yeah, it's definitely pretty good to, uh, to have that. <laughs> um, so I've got a few questions here that are a little bit um, – these are sort of the fun questions of the show that I've been sort of asking everyone that comes on this new show. Um, yep. So let, let's get into a few of those. Cool. Um, so the first one that I've been asking people, and I don't know if you're – got a partner or if you're single or not but i myself am single so the first question is how can you take a girl on a first date in these corona times with social distancing (laughs) and things any date ideas you've got there for like a first date i'm not sure mate to be honest i've just been focused on working but i guess i guess you're probably gonna have to live stream things aren't you that's the way everything's happening so i'm gonna say live stream yeah get some live stream action going um so we've got uh this one's this one's one that someone gave me um living in these uh toilet paper shortage times um are you a scruncher or a folder (laughs) a scruncher i guess (laughs) (laughs) i never thought about it before never thought never thought about it (laughs) yeah yeah it's interesting to see what some people are some people are pretty hardline about what they what they do eh? some people pretty hard Um, so next one is, um, what do you have lots of in supply? Like what's in your bunker? Have you got, is there anything you have heaps of at home, whether it's because, um, you know, you bought it on purpose or you were like, Oh, I need to get something and didn't have anything there. Um, you know, there's nothing at the shop. So you just sort of got whatever. Um, is there anything you've got plenty of in supply? I actually, as soon as you said that, I knew the answer straight away. I actually love those Heinz big and chunky. The things that come in the cans. Yeah. So I've, I always eat these before even all this, you know, kicked off. I always yeah. have been eating those. So I've got a fair few cans of those kinds yeah, of yeah. chunky. It says they've got vegetables and that in them. So that's how I justify eating them. Yeah. All. <laughs> so, so did you uh, specifically stock up because of this uh, thing or you just that's just what you've always got? That's in just there. what I like eating. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah sweet. Um, so the next question is, is there anything that you don't have much of or you're sort of out of? out of supply of or anything like that uh no i'm, I'm doing all right at the moment doing, yeah yeah just just don't waste anything you know use things properly and you should last with the stuff you've got yeah that's it like and i mean you still can go out here and it's sort of i suppose it depends what really happens uh with this whole thing like if it's a proper you know really serious lockdown happens uh it could be a bit more difficult and people could maybe run out of things then but um i think it's the moment it's not too bad uh, not here anyway so yeah, that's um, and so when this thing uh is all over, what's like the first thing that you're going to do? Like, what is there anything that you're looking forwards to, or or you know that you want to do when this is all over? I think, man, this has been a learning experience for a lot of people, and when this is all over, you're going to appreciate the little things a lot more. You know, just being able to go to a restaurant with a friend, go to a cafe, you're going to be appreciate that a lot more. Like, it's so eerie and a weird feeling driving through the streets at the moment. Everything's yeah. just shut. Everything's closed. It's pretty sad. So I hope we do get through it soon. But the first thing that I do, man, is just look forward to a couple of gigs, dude. Like I've, yeah. I've missed play. I've missed playing my my own tracks out in the clubs and that. And I'll I'll enjoy being able to uh, release them without having to worry about oh, is it going to be properly received or whatever. So yeah. I look forward to the time that I can just keep putting out the music, man. Um, you know, like it's been it's been a bit annoying that 
it's it's interrupted a few plans. You know, I'm not that selfish to think that those are the worst things to happen. There's obviously a lot of people that it, you know, are they going to have loved ones that have passed or whatever. But it's it's on a personal level, I'm a bit upset that oh, you know, it's it's, it's put a stop in some of the plans that I've had this year. But as soon as it's over, man, I'm just going to keep going ahead, business as usual, keep putting out the music and that. Um, and just use this time to be productive, you know, like don't be the type of person to sit on the couch and watch Netflix and the whole time. You can watch it for a bit, but, you know, yeah. use this time to get some stuff done so that when it comes out of it, you're like, you know what, I'm ready to show everyone what I've done now. So, so yeah. the thing I look forward to is some gigs and putting out music, man. Yeah, that's it. I always, um, I've been thinking to myself, like, you know, in 30 years time when we're like, you know, old and stuff like that like this will be history kind of thing like you know this has happened will be. for so long it's like what are you going to be able to tell people that you did when the covid you know um you know the coronavirus pandemic hit did you did you watch netflix like you just said <laughs> and sit around and do nothing and play ps4 or did you like get way better at production or you wrote a heap of tracks or you wrote an album or something really cool like that um yeah so that's what i keep thinking about like what's going to be the thing that you're going to be able to tell people um down the track or you know that's what really you know kick-started something for me or, or whatever it is so yeah, yeah imagine if you mentality. imagine if you write this killer track in the off time and then that will and then you'll be able to tell people that that's when you wrote it you know i had this yeah. time this free time and i wrote this killer track that hopefully when it does come out could do really well so that'd be cool yeah so keep thinking of that anyone who's watching <laughs> yeah um and so the last one is um just anything like obviously like you just said you're not going to be able to sit there and produce or or work on you know productive stuff all the time we need some downtime so is there any like books or games or movie or tv show recommendations for people uh something that you enjoy that um you know people can maybe watch or, or look at the new season of ozark's pretty dope I just started the first episode last night, man, oh. and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I reckon Jason Bateman's a phenomenal um, actor and yeah. I enjoyed the first two seasons and I think this third season might be the best one yet. So yeah, probably, watch it, probably watch the second episode tonight, man. Yeah, um, sure. but, but I definitely, like, I'm a person that appreciates the arts in general. So whether it's music or whether it's film, I appreciate people that are really good at their craft. So I appreciate good acting. I appreciate good screenwriting. You know, I'm the, I'm the type of person that I'll watch a movie and I'll go, oh, the dialogue in that movie was really good. I really just like arts in general. But um, Bateman's a great actor and so Ozark I definitely recommend. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I saw that came out, I think it just came out on Friday, didn't it? Yeah, Friday. New. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely keen for that because I've seen the first two seasons too and I thought, yeah. I had to go show. watch a recap though, bro, because I forgot what happened in the first two seasons. Yeah, I was just thinking that to myself. Yeah. I'll, yeah, send you, I'll send you a link to a recap that explains okay, cool. it well. Yeah, yeah sweet. Awesome, man. Um, well, yeah, I'm glad that we uh, we figured out the, the you know, the audio. Logistics of it, yeah. Logistics, yeah. yeah. Um, Would have been cool to be in your studio, but um, you'll have to send us a photo to um, to show us what it's like in that. Well, um, I think I think the end product's what matters the most, dude. So I don't mind doing in the study here, man. If it's if we've got the best connection, um, you know, the future ones we do. I don't I don't even know if it's worth risking trying to do it in my studio just for the look. If we get the best product here, man, I'm happy to come. All I brought was my sound card, um, my mic that I actually use for recording in my studio, and my laptop because I had the webcam. So I can easily bring this out here anytime we want to chat, man. Yeah, um, and I've really enjoyed this, dude. You, it's really free flowing conversation. I'll definitely be happy to do with it. Do it with you anytime, man. Yeah, anytime man. there's a big UFC card on or something, we could talk about it. Yeah, um, maybe we maybe we can stay in touch to talk about music when I've got some stuff coming out or whatever. Yeah, but dude, sure. this was fun, and I've definitely open to any future ones you'd like to do, mate. 
Yeah, man. Well, the plan was to actually come down to like Melbourne and Sydney this year and do like the, the a beer with one, um, where we can actually sit down in person and you know have some beers or whatever and and actually talk about stuff. You know, in a bit more you know, longer open format. It's always better. So it's just nicer to be like in person and stuff like that. So um, I think that was that was going to be the plan anyway for me. Um, so I was going to try and organize you know a heap of people when I when I do come down. Um, so I'd love to come down and do that some, at some stage as well. Um, it sort of just depends when now, uh, everything's sort of up in the air at the moment. Um, so who knows when that might happen, but I'll definitely be keen to, uh, to, yeah, maybe come and see your studio and we can record something in there. Um, you know, like a video for, uh, for the podcast. So, um, yeah. you would be more than welcome to come to my studio, mate. I would definitely make myself available for you if you come down. So sweet, that yeah. you've got an open invite to my studio anytime you'd like, mate. Sweet. Sounds good. All right, man. Anything else you want to tell everyone? Um, obviously, we've got those releases. Um, I'll make sure that I share them as well when they come out. But anything else um, you want to tell anyone? I would just there? love it, man, if uh, people could head to my Spotify page and either give it a follow, check out my latest tracks. Um, obviously, Spotify is the most up-to-date catalog of all the music you do. I yep. keep my SoundCloud regularly updated. Um, so, yeah, Spotify, SoundCloud. My Instagram is just needs no sleep underscore um I'm, pre- I'm pretty active on there i post you know what i'm up to and everything but yeah if you haven't heard my music and you'd like to see what i'm about i'd really appreciate it if anyone wants to go check it out um as i was saying through the interview man i'm the type of person to always reply to anyone with any questions so if there's any producers listening to this that would like to ask me something or even like some help with something maybe some um feedback on a track i'm more than happy to help them out so just send through the questions mate instagram's probably the best place to reach me even if um, it goes to my other inbox. I do check that and I reply to people. So man, feel free. Anyone listening that would like to have a chat, I would love to meet some new people. Yeah. Nice man. Sweet. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think, uh, some people will probably hit you up after this now, um, with, uh, some questions and stuff. So yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, and I'll put, make sure I put all the, um, you know, all your links and everything in the show notes and that, so people can find you easy. So, um, all right, man. Cheers for uh, for the chat and everything. And um, yeah, maybe when there's a, another UFC or something coming on, when it's uh, when it's all sort of back up and running fully again, we can sit down and have another chat. But um, thanks for coming on, man. You're welcome, mate. Thank you very much for having me. I was just thinking maybe if 249 does go ahead, maybe afterwards we could do a live chat about what we just yeah, cool. done happen, happen or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think maybe a show afterwards chatting about it might be more beneficial than beforehand because mm. beforehand – I, I don't know. I just feel like if we watch it, then we might have a bit more to talk about. So maybe yeah. afterwards we could talk about that. But thank yeah, you very cool. much for having me on, man. I really enjoyed Tanji. It was really good. Yes, sweet. All right, cheers, man. Stay safe, eh? Thank you, dude. See ya. There we go, guys. Another one sorted. I hope you guys really enjoyed this one with Needs No Sleep. It was a great chat. Um, we talked for a little bit afterwards, and we're definitely keen to do some more of these. Make sure you like this episode. Definitely make sure you subscribe so you can stay up to date with all the episodes as they come out. Also, make sure you guys check out Friday Knockoffs. It's a new concept that I'm running where we all get together on a Friday evening and have some drinks and hang out in a web chat. So if you want to get involved, make sure you go to the website. All right, guys, I hope you're having a great day or night wherever you are, and I'll see you guys soon for the next episode.